Welcome back to another episode of Civil Discourse. This is not a safe space. Not a safe space at all. We're so happy to have these you dear listener here with us. And, and I'm going to begin real quickly by thanking you for, if you're watching us, thank you for watching us. If you're listening, thank you for listening to us. And, and just wanted to let you know, I, I really appreciate, uh, you, we both really appreciate your support a lot. So thank you. No, there's no question. Um, we've, we've, uh, it, it seems like we've been doing this a while. It seems like we've been climbing this hill for a bit. And I, uh, I realize I'm not the most tech savvy person. Anyone who's listened to the show for a while has, I'm sure, put an image of, of my ludiciousness together. Um, that's my made up word to describe me as a Luddite. I don't know if there's actually, a, a I don't word. know if it's a good word or not, but it, <laughs> it sounds, sounds good, like a though. good word. So let's roll with it. <laughs> so. Um, but you know, in watching some other programs that I, I follow and, and, and find interesting and I start looking back at their backlog of programs, of course, there are always new people coming into this, uh, this pursuit, but then I see the people that have been doing it for, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. And I'm thinking, has this really been a thing for that long? Well, in one form or another, especially in the video, I think the podcast concept is still a little on the newer side, but uh, the the YouTube, the vlog, uh, that I don't know if we hear that term too much, but the video log, that's actually been going for quite a while. So we're, we might be late to the party, but no less a, uh, a quality entry, I hope people will agree. So, so I'm looking at one of my favorite podcasters, that's why the phone's in front of me, and he is on episode 2299. Twenty-two ninety-nine. Now he does three times a week, so you can figure out how many <laughs> years he's been doing a podcast. Sure, so, sure. Uh, it, it's, no it's, so our little, uh, I think we're thirty-five or thirty-six, uh, is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So, but hey, every journey begins with a single step, and we're thirty-three steps in, or thirty-six. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Whatever the number is, I can't recall. So it's we're in the mid-thirties. We'll, we'll call it the mid-thirties. Uh, so, 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 so what are we talking about today? Well, if if you can't tell, my voice sounds a little scratchy, and it's not because I got the COVID. It's not because uh, Mother Nature has has blown her. Were, were uh, you yelling at the kids to get off your yard? I was not yelling <laughs> at the kids to get off my yard. Maybe the dogs to stop barking. But no, uh, it wasn't that. I did something I haven't done for years. Oh, and, no. And uh, it, 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 took <laughs> it took an Olympian effort. But as is always the case, and I'm sure you'll agree once you hear uh, once you've done it, no matter what pain uh, may linger, it feels good. And that is, I not only went to the gym today, but I actually went, took a kickboxing boxing class. And oh. yes, and I was in a room, and there are many layers of, if I may give myself an attaboy, there are many layers of... Uh, Sources of embarrassment, we'll call it, that uh, I had to overcome. And uh, I felt all those layers at every step of the way, but nonetheless, I kept going. Um, first of all, it was entirely a class of women. It's not a women's class, but that's all who signed up for it. And I was probably, maybe not the youngest, but certainly on the younger end of the majority of the class. The instructor, of course, was probably 23 or something. Um, and, and, but she was very good at what she did and very knowledgeable, but I'm, 
I the 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 woman standing next to me. So we all have our own bag, punching you know kickboxing bag, and the woman standing next to me. I'm in the far back corner, and we're all looking away towards the instructor to the left, and so I can only see the side and back of the woman next to me. And she, I guessed she was probably in her late twenties, early you know mid thirties, somewhere in that range, uh, just kicking you know what. Uh, impressive, impressive uh, level. She turns around at the end of the class. This woman had to have been in her 50s at least. I would guess early <laughs> 60s. And I thought, well, if that's the uh, the Kool-Aid I need to drink, then I'm in the right place. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, first off, you're not in competition with anyone in that room but you. And secondly, I have a question. And yes. the question is, is a kickboxing bag basically a heavy bag? It, it was a, a punching bag. Now, these were floor standing, not hanging. So, okay. you know, there were points where we had to, you know, pull them back into position and so forth because they move. One of the downsides of, of those kind of bags. Um, but the upside is you can move them. They're, they're, they're mobile. Right. Um, and I would say they were probably, I don't know, uh, 16, 18 of them in, in the room. And uh, it was a full class. And I was... <sighs> You know, to be my age, which is not that old, uh, and to go in there and, you know, until you start looking a little closer, I'm not, I don't look that far out of shape. I feel it certain days, but, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, of the category of obese or anything like that, though uh, I, I hear <laughs> that uh, <laughs> we may have to reevaluate that term. We'll come back to that. <laughs> um <laughs> For those of you listening, oh, there's a reason Mike is laughing. We'll 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 fill you in in a minute. <laughs> but um, I, I just I, I I looked at at these women, many of whom now, granted, they've probably been going for a while. So even if they've not slimmed down to the level that uh, they might have in mind, uh, generally speaking, their cardio is probably in better shape than mine. You know, it's been a long winter, ladies and gentlemen, um, and. You know, I just, you know, the term, it kicked my, you know what, boy. I So at some point, uh, they were very supportive. A number of people came over, welcomed me to the class. It's great to have a, a, a man in here, you know, and, and meet, you know, different people, mix it up a bit. Um, and I just said, you ladies are some of the most impressive women I've met. <laughs> I mean, you're coming in here <laughs> doing this stuff. I, they said, how did you do? How do you feel? I said, well, my goal was not to die. And while I want <laughs> <Mission> to, <accomplished. laughs> while I feel like I want to, <laughs> I, I am still on my feet. <laughs> oh, man, man. Well, let me, I, I have a story to tell you too, yeah. and, and I think you'll appreciate it. So every day at lunch, when it's not pouring down rain, I mm. get the stroller out for the little guy. I grab the younger dog, Wyatt, and, and put him on a leash. And I endeavor to walk for 30 plus minutes. And I mm. do it every every day of the week that I can do it. And so I do a figure eight through my neighborhood. It's about a three mile, three mile walk. Mm. And I'm out walking today and John, you know, he's, he's just enthralled because they're tearing a tree down and mm. he's watching the men work on the tree. And, and you know, he's vehicle crazy. You know, mm. some kids sleep with teddy bears. This boy sleeps with his cars. After my he, he own just heart. Thinks, <laughs> yes, 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 very much so. And uh, so he's just going nuts over these guys, chopping down the trees and shredding them. And he telling me, you know, he says, ah, bah, bah for truck. Truck is mm -hmm. an ah, bah, bah. And, and I'm laughing. I say, yeah, that's a truck. That's a truck. And and so we're walking through the neighborhood and this lady's just grinning at us, older lady. 
and she's grinning at us. She said, I come by and, and I, I did a cruel, cruel, cruel thing, but I just love to do it. She said, aren't grandkids great? And I said, oh, they are, but this isn't my grandkid. This is a surprise. And that's all I said. <laughs> I didn't give her any more information than that. And you could see her startled look on her face. And I, I, I just kind of laughed. And, and, you know, any of our, our loyal listeners know his backstory. We've talked about it in depth. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to get to the point where instead of giving all the explanation, I'm just going to call him my pleasant surprise in life and leave it at that. And that, um, well, that, there's nothing dishonest <laughs> about that description. It's absolutely true. Um, it is a surprise. How the surprise happened is is the part I'm not giving of the story. But yeah, it was just a hoot. But I think to your your greater point is, um, and I'll tell the, I'll tell the second part of the story that that got me laughing when you talked about obese. You know, I've worked very hard to get back down into the the 170s, 175, 174, 173 mm-hmm. pounds. I, I noticed a couple uh, about a year ago that my weight had crept back up into the to low 190s, and I don't want to be, I just don't want to be overweight. Mm-hmm. And so I busted my tail. I was really good through Christmas break. Spent Christmas with you all. You know, I didn't overindulge. Except maybe on Christmas Day, I think I overindulged on Christmas well, Day. It, you have to have something. Right? <laughs> but yeah. but I was I was really pretty good about that and came out of Christmas and, and still was below 180. Mm. And so I I got on the scale the other day and I was 171, and and I had submitted my weight for some medical procedures that I had done. They checked the cardiac, uh, they checked my arteries for plaque, and and they all came everything came back great. And then I have this one note in there and it talks about you need to deal with your obesity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, obesity? I'm 173 pounds on that sheet, and you're telling me I'm obese. And, I and got this, a ladies and gentlemen, the- it's worth saying, 170 anything, and while you've had some some life conditions that have affected your height, you are generally a six-foot-tall man. Right, um, right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just yeah. chuckling and I'm saying, uh, and the short story, by the way, is I, I, I destroyed the bottom half of my spine. So I lost an inch and a half of height yeah. when that yeah. happened. And, and so I, I'm just laughing. I'm like, I'm obese. I, I mean, if I get, I'm not skinny, but if I, I lose much more weight, I'm going to be just basically at the bottom. I'll have a six pack if I lose another 10 pounds. That's where I'm sitting right now. Because, yeah. you know, your six pack comes from lack of fat on the stomach. Yeah. And so I'm just chuckling that I'm obese. And and I told you and you said, obese, maybe I need to reassess. And we just started laughing about it. And then I told a buddy of mine who's just lost 100 pounds. He just lost 100 pounds. I said, you know, hey, Joe, I'm obese. And he said, you don't even weigh a buck 75, do you? <laughs> well, like, and, oh. and what you've done right here is beautifully uh, illustrate what I want to get into today. And that is the psychology that we have around fitness and where we measure ourselves both as, a, as individuals and as, as a people and why that the situations like what you just described and utter absurdity. I'm sorry. I, you know, if you say, tell someone you're obese, you, I'm going to jump, go out on a limb and assume you're sharing that as a joke because uh, I know you don't think you're obese. Um, and I think it's worth sharing this. So I'm six foot tall. You're six foot tall. Uh, there is no, you, you may be over what you would consider your ideal weight, but you are not an overweight man. Okay. And I am over my desirable weight by a whole lot more than you are. And I still would argue I am not an overweight man. 
It's just where I am. But here's the difference. You're at, what'd you say, 175? Uh, 173 yesterday. 173, 173. okay. So when you and I met mm, 13, 14 years ago, I don't even know. All right. How old is your boy? Eight? So 10 years ago, probably. 10, 10, 11 years ago. Well, minimally. I I think there might have been a... It may be more. It may be more. Before that. So... Um, I was living in New York when I met my wife, your sister-in-law. Um, and before I met Aaron, I had been in a relationship that was misery and it was a terrible time in my life. Probably the lowest point I've been, um, as, as, as just a general individual, we all have that period uh, of time in our lives. I was working in Midtown Manhattan and living in Brooklyn, and I was cohabitating um, with my then fiance, and I could not stand to be in the space with her. It just had begotten to that level of the relationship. So I was walking home, and people are you just go bug-eyed when I tell them this, but it's true. I was walking home from Midtown to Brooklyn probably five days a week. How many, how many blocks? Well, you figure that's around 42nd Street all -hmm. the way down to the letter uh, number through Alphabet City when the numbers end. And then Then, the alphabet begins, yeah. Then you get to the Brooklyn Bridge (laughs) or the Manhattan Bridge, whichever bridge I was taking that day. I'd take different routes. And then I was going, once I got into Brooklyn, all the way to Bedford-Stuyvesant. So... It was, I've never actually thought about how many miles it was, but it was significant. And I was doing that walk five days a week just to And if I remember right, correct me if I'm wrong, New York City are quarter mile blocks, right? Something like that. I yeah, I think they're quarter mile blocks. Um, but, or tenth of a mile, I forget. Maybe tenth um, of a mile blocks. Yeah, and every, maybe, every ten yeah, blocks maybe. is a mile. Uh, if only they had invented some form of technology we could look this up on. Um but I only say that to say that I had dropped down to 165 pounds, which for me, while I did look great, um, because it's I was... It's a little scrawny. I, that was small for me. That was very small for and, me. And we need to... For folks who, who can't see us, I am a runner build. I am built mm-hmm. to run. I, I was a very good runner because I'm... I'm lanky and 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 when i'm lean i'm lean and lanky and and built like a runner you are more of i wouldn't call it a runner build you're you're more of an all-around athlete built you have broader shoulders than i do uh bigger chest than i do and so you're you're built more to carry a little more muscle i'm the i'm the lower end of the mesomorph phase right Uh, you know there's ectomorph which is thin and, and lanky uh, mesomorph, me. which is that in between, and then endomorph, which is more stock, and, and, and which is the guy who's on Reacher. <laughs> so. Um, so I'm I'm in that sort of mesomorphic uh, category, and um, then I met Aaron, and uh, life turned around, and I started being happy, started eating again, <laughs> and stopped walking, you know, ten miles a day. And uh, and I jumped up fairly quickly, within a year, I'd say, up to around 195, 200, 205, sort of bouncing between that, which was typical for me throughout the year. Um, and I was actually happy there. 
I I was to me I'm 195 200 is about where I feel comfortable. Um unfortunately in the last couple of years I uh, I you know childhood parenthood and and all the other excuses we come mm, up with. No 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 no. <laughs> I I think you're 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 glossing. You have uh lost a parent. Uh you've Two, had to really. deal with some yeah. serious issues with your your other parent. You have dealt with some serious, serious family issues uh, that were far beyond anyone's control. And consequently, uh, I think we all kind of coalesced around you. And in our family, and and this is a true thing, we love really fine food. I'm not talking like (laughs) we don't eat hot dogs and beans when we're happy. We eat really good stuff. We're a family of of amateur chefs. No, we we are. (laughs) Yes. And so what we we started to do as a family and what your, your wife and you guys started to do as a family, but when we were there, it was really bad, is we would have very elaborate meals. We'd go over to the farm and have ice cream. And to the point where you're taking pills because you're you're lactose intolerant. And I discovered so during we, this period. Yes, <laughs> we surround you with love through food because we don't sit down and eat in ten minutes. We make no, an event a, of it when we're yes. together. And uh, and you know I'm the bartender. I serve beverages. Then we'll have a bottle of wine and and we'll just celebrate life. You know, as our, just, as our just to give con- say, just to give context to the bartender. Uh, Mike's drive from Southern Virginia up here is somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 hours. I think we've eight to 10 uh, hours, eight, 10 hours. Yeah. Depending uh, on traffic. <laughs> and in no way do we allow that to be an excuse for why we don't have a drink in our hand when he walks in the door. <laughs> what do you, where you been? What have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a fun thing we do. And, and so, yeah, I think, I think we coalesced around you going through this very trying time and said, we're going to celebrate life at every moment we can. And, and, I think we've done a pretty decent job of that, but that doesn't change the fact that uh, you went through some life-changing issues that led to weight gain. Well, and 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 certainly, and it's it's just one more way I can certainly empath- empathize with people who have more devastating situations than than I went through, um, and to some degree still go am going through, um, and and just really go off the cliff. That uh, uh, Brendan Fraser just won an Oscar for a film that was exactly about that. His character uh, went through great loss and tragedy, and it his psychology led him to eat to the point of what is truly morbid obesity, um, and in the in the true sense of the word. And uh, it was if you haven't seen the film, uh, make sure nobody's around you're gonna be self-conscious with. <laughs> it's an right, incredible, right. an incredible story. Um so no, I, I nothing like that. Um, but I I sit at about two thirty five right now, and I would like to get back down to about two hundred, at least in the removal of any, uh, uh, shall we say, fatty layers. Now, if we replace some of that with more muscle, then I guess I'll be bigger than Jack Reacher. <laughs> well, and, and that's 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 the point. It's something you and I have discussed. We've discussed this fitness issue personally uh, multiple times, and. Yeah. and one of the things I'm very conscientious of is yes, cardio is critical. Men men die of heart disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, women men, women and men both. It's the number one killer of both women and men is heart disease. Uh, heart attacks manifest themselves differently in women, but it doesn't mm-hmm. change the fact they die of heart attacks. Just as a significant number. Now, men die more men die of heart attacks percentage wise than women, but mm-hmm. regardless, it's still the number one killer in America. And so cardio is very important, but you have always said to me, because it is an issue for that lanky build that I have, 
don't be skinny fat. And so... The, which the, the which was about, not my term. I didn't coin that. That was actually when I was in college. I, I was... So back in the day, I actually was fairly significantly fit. And uh, I worked out probably three, four, sometimes five times a week. I had a trainer. I even had a, a, a bodybuilding class I took in, as uh, an elective in school. And my trainer, who was a competitive lifter, um, he would uh, literally uh, refer to, unfortunately, mostly women, but it goes both ways, um, the, you see these, these people come in and they get on the treadmill and they run for two hours uh, and that's all they do. And I wouldn't, I don't know that I'm going to go as far as to say that that in and of itself is unhealthy. I mean, I guess if you run, as long as you're not injuring yourself, that's fine. But that in and of itself is not enough to actually achieve proper fitness. You're burning fat, but at some point the body stops responding to that. And so while your cardio condition may be good, your, actual, your musculature is actually diminished significantly if you don't ever do more than run. So it's very important to balance a workout, like everything else, balance, right? To balance a workout between significant cardio and proper lifting or other weight training, whatever form that may take. And this is a problem that a lot of people have. They, they run, 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 or they cycle all the time, or they do one thing in its extreme, but they don't balance it out with the other aspects of a well-rounded workout. And his term for it, uh, you know, as you said, was skinny fat chicks. And by the way, this was way before Me Too, Woke Times. This was back in the the. Well, the I, 90s, I don't even so. think it has to. There are lots of skinny fat <laughs> dudes too. Yes. And, and and to your point, I was skinny fat. I, I could run a half marathon and, and beat people twenty years younger than I was pretty significantly. Mm. And I'm not kidding. I, I could, and, and including my own son who is seventeen and watched his old man leave him in the dust. Uh, and, and so, uh, mm. you know, it, it's not not. I was in that category. I, I did do some weight lifting, but not a lot. And I only did it because I had, I had done some research and found out that your abdominal muscles tend to weaken if you run a lot because of the pounding mm. they take. And, and so I knew I need to keep those halfway decent. And so, and the other thing is in my, in my physical fitness um, regimen, I discovered that constant long distance running actually puts your heart in balance. There's an imbalance that occurs where one part of your heart is much more developed than the other part. So you have to intersperse uh, wind sprints, mm. quick, quick bursts of, of running as fast as you can, which for me is not very fast, but uh, you still have to do wind sprints at least twice a week. And, and so so you can have, have your heart be equally developed. And, and so this comes to the point of, of, I think, where I was going with all this is I have a proper weightlifting cage uh, that I've set up so I can lift by myself and not have to worry about being pinned or a weight mm. bar and dying. And so I d have have introduced six core bodybuilding exercises into my repertoire, mm. not only because I don't want to be um, skinny fat, but because as you get older, muscle mass just disappears because our testosterone levels drop no. off and you have to fight that 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 fight. And so as, as important as walking is to your cardio health, weightlifting is, is as important to your overall health because you need to keep those bone, that bone density. Yeah. And I think what's, so there's another thing I want to talk about this, which is the, the medical and psychological side of our uh, 
body dysmorphia, <laughs> so to speak, as, as a nation. Um, but it is worth saying, I think, I read recently, and by recently I mean about a year ago, um, a study that looked at the uh, communities in the world. It was a global study. And of the people that were the most long-lived, and not just, you know, sitting in a hospital bed alive, but like functioning, uh, engaged, still cleaning, still walking, still carrying water, whatever it was. And most of, of the people that were, you had a larger number of centenarians, over 100 people, 100 years of age. Uh, these were communities that were often third world, were often in situations that did not have convenience such as running water in, in the way we think of it, um, did not have more than your basic minimum uh, standards, at least by modern standards, of uh, shelter. So, you know, huts, one-room houses, maybe multiple right. generations. Uh, people who often did not have chairs, as, as silly as that sounds, they sat on the floor. Or they, they often slept or they squatted. The point being is there was an up and down that was a normal right. part of their day. They had to go walk to the stream to get and carry buckets of water. They were out engaged with the farm animals and whatever the case is. And if you have never worked a farm, it is a full body workout, let me tell you. Um, these were people that were significantly engaged in, a phys in, in, in survival uh, you know, just daily survival that required a lot of physical uh, movement and not hitting the gym all the time, not sitting there worrying about smoking, drinking. They said the same study looked at the physical and the psychological. What was other, just as an aside, it was interesting. They, they uh, did a survey of people, gave them a whole list of all kinds of behaviors uh, you know, working out, running, eating healthy, not smoking, drinking, whatever it was. And they asked a ton of people what they thought was the key to um, longevity and happiness. And the longevity, it was, again, this idea of don't smoke, don't drink. Yeah, it, it was part of it. It's in there. You know, if you live a, a moderately healthier life, that does contribute to your longevity. But by far, the most significant factor when they did the surveys and the studies was social engagement. Number one, do I have people around me that in my circle that I want to wake up in the morning and be mm -hmm. and, and engage with? That was the number yeah. one factor by a mile. Um, so on that part, and then the other was physical movement. How many people are actually engaged? And this is where these communities, where movement is a major part of your survival, is, is just the way it is. And there is no comparison. I mean, we, we die 30, 40 years younger than some of these people, you know, on average, in, with all our modern health and medicine and all this other stuff. And I think it's interesting. It's, it's, it's really worth, I'm not saying throw all, all modern medicine and exercise and whatnot out with the bathwater, but I think that there's really something there that's worth thinking about when we look at our routines, look at our work habits. Do we sit in front of a computer all day? You know, what, what, is, in our, what is our engagement? Um, what's your experience with that? 
Well, I, I, I was I was listening intently because I think you shared this today with me. They, if I remember a lot, a lot remember correctly, it was multi generational uh, living as well, where their grandkids mm-hmm. were down the other side of the village, and they were very much a part of their grandkids and their great part of that social lives. thing. Yes, yeah, right, yeah. right. And so the family dynamic of the huge extended family was very important in mm-hmm. that. And I'm not saying we we. You know, in our we've talked about family and toxic relationships, but if you have that network where you can mix with younger kids and and uh, folks in your own age group and across the generations, it's it's something that I find interesting. My 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 parents are my dad is in his eighties, my mom is in her late seventies, and my dad did not want to move to a retirement community. He he was insistent mm-hmm. that wasn't going to happen, and, and I said, Dad, why? And he said, Because I want to hear kids outside playing. I, I want to hear kids and I want to be around kids. And, and in his mind, uh, that was very important for him. And, and by the way, you and I just had a family member, our wives' families, uh, just die in his 90s. And, and to mm-hmm. your point, this is a guy that golfed three days a week. He was out on the golf course until he was, you know, almost 90. <laughs> well, I, I mean, so, uh, Lewis was his name. We'll say that because right. it makes the story easier to tell. But Lewis was an impressive gentleman. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah. um, not only was he golfing up until his last, what, couple of years at, at the latest. Right. And, and once um, he got COVID, he lost his win. So he couldn't Yeah, golf and there anymore. were things that, that contributed <laughs> yeah. in the last uh, year or two. But up until that time, he was still, I think, taking out most people at the golf course. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. I forget he, what his swing was, but it was up there. Um, his, his, his son-in-law and grandson would literally get smoked on the golf course by him every time they go out and play. And I was teasing his, his son-in-law about this. I said, when was the last time you beat Lewis? He said, it wasn't until the end where I could really beat him. (laughs) And, and I would say, well, how was he, how far was he driving? He said, it wasn't how far he was driving. It was that he was so consistently smooth Mm -hmm. every time he'd swing that it just straight as an arrow off it go. And, 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 there is a, something important. He was a talented athlete. This was mm. the starting quarterback of the high school football team mm. when he was in high school. Uh, he was a uh, an ranked amateur golfer in the Commonwealth of Virginia who, who competed for the championship on multiple occasions mm. for, for amateurs here in Virginia. He had a military uh, and background, actually, too. Yeah. He had a military background yeah. in the uh, artillery in the Army. So, so he was an impressive athlete, but if he wasn't golfing, he was fishing. If he wasn't fishing, he was out shooting birds. If he, you know, he was a hunter, a fisherman, a golfer, he was an avid sportsman and, and lived that very active life and participated in every family event, mm-hmm. <laughs> had that large Drove extended family you're talking what, the about. Last, the last year of his life or so, he was still driving? I know oh, yeah, he drove, he drove till, till the end pretty much and, mm-hmm. and, um, and by the way, you wouldn't have known he was 90 plus unless you knew mm-hmm. him. You know, he, he looked more like a probably early 80s there until the very end. And then he aged very rapidly that last year, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think he I, he was the ideal, I think, of, of what I would like to be as, a, as someone who's active right till the end. So as impressive as Lewis was, uh, going back to that social circle, at his funeral, which we were both at, or his memorial service. Oh boy! <laughs> I still, to this day, my Aaron and I uh, tell the tale. One of Lewis's friends, uh, I don't know how close they were or not, but they they I think they walked together. Uh, yes, was yes. their thing. 
um, a doctor, I forget his name, but he was over a hundred years old. Wasn't he? When he got he up? was, I think, five or six years older than Lewis, so he was close to at least close to a hundred. Yeah, and uh, and was in great shape. He walked I, no I, cane, <laughs> no no handheld. He walked straight up the aisle, up the stairs, up to the podium, and uh, gave a wonderful little uh, five minute or so. Uh, talk uh, in appreciation of Lewis and their walks. They would, <laughs> ironically, part of their route and walking was to walk through the cemetery and visit all of their uh, deceased friends and look for flowers that needed uh, addressing and and so forth. And uh, I mean, I don't know if he's still around today, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he looked like he was doing a million bucks. Um, and uh, that's 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 the right attitude right there. Now. Some disease comes in and sometimes, you know, while attitude, I feel, still think affects some things, there's nothing you can do. But, um, you know, if you're going to be up there uh, having that kind of an attitude, that level of engagement, that, you know, getting up in the morning and having a reason to, uh, to go through your day, I think is a huge factor in, in one's mental and physical health. Um, I want to I swing back to this conversation um, you know, we, we joke about it because of, of its absurdity, but I think it's a major issue. Um, your experience with uh, your doctor who at 173 or whatever you are decided to use the word obese. And, you know, it's, it's laughable, but I think it's also incredibly harmful. Now, you have a strong mental disposition psychologically. You're not, you know, fluttering around. Uh, we all can have our weekdays, but, but for the most part, uh, you know, you, you're a pretty stable guy. So I don't think your world came crashing down around you no. when your no. doctor used the word <laughs> I, obese. I actually got angry. I was like, obese? <laughs> well, but I will tell you, I, and, and, and let me say I'm not a doctor. I don't have medical training. But I, my mother died, you know, while cancer was the disease a major contributing factor to uh, her ailing health in the end was anorexia. Um, and, you know, it was never diagnosed, but uh, it was very clearly... She was very, very yeah, thin. Yeah. Uh, and this was a woman who thought she was overweight for years. She And even when she was down in the 110... 115, 110, she, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be... Now, really, she 115 to 120 would have been ideal. If she had been 125, she would have had a little bit of meat on her bones and been what I would have called healthy. But certainly that 115 to 120 would have been ideal for her. She was, when she died, she was about uh, 80, 78 pounds. Uh, but she had been working her way down there for years, and like so many... There was nothing anyone could say. There was nothing. She had decided what was, and that that's the thing. And, you know, some people are going to have that no matter what environment they're around. There's a psychological disease, and it, it can and needs to be treated once recognized. However, I think a huge contributing factor to why so many people are struggling with weight and health in general on whatever end of the spectrum is when we have these authority figures, doctors, uh, every commercial that goes by, all of these other influences that people buy into, m irresponsibly labeling and misusing 
words of a certain description that are not accurate. It, right. You are imagine if you believed this doctor, he used the word obese. You at your age, obese has meant something for quite a few decades now. And what if you took him seriously and you decided, well, I guess I better lose another 30, 40 pounds. You'd be <laughs> and, in the and, hospital. And pulled this, <laughs> yeah, I, I would hurt myself. Uh, I probably could use lose 10 more. And, and that's my goal before. Uh, but I won't lose 10 more. And, and we've discussed this because as I'm shedding off the fat, I'm putting on the muscle mass. So I'll probably end up being heavier well, and, than and I you am have now. to you have to actually take that into account. People ignore that. Well, I'm overweight numerically. It depends on what your weight consists of. If if you are an overabundance of fatty uh, tissue, then yes, that's something to take off. But if you're now, you can also be overmusculatured as well. I mean, there are people who go too far in the other direction, but that's a, a little less common. Um, but you have to look at what is your weight, uh, what is the content of your weight and your mass, right, 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 and and the balance between that. Well, body body fat is, is is body fat percentage, which is a guess, by the way. The the only way you can measure somebody's body fat is to take all the fat off their body and put it on a scale. We we really don't know, and I've heard doctors say that you know there's only one way to accurately measure body fat. Uh, we can give reasonable approximations using calipers and, and uh, I think yeah, they they'll send a pulse through and they can measure yeah. some degree, right, but it, right. it, it's an estimation. Right. And, and so body fat percentage is critical. And, and to your earlier point, there is too low a body fat percentage as well. Once you start mm -hmm. getting in those single digits and particularly the low end of those single digits for men, uh, single digits at all for women, because women need to carry a certain amount of body fat. Um, um, you know, you're, you're starting to, deal with some serious health issues. We, we tease about the guy who plays Jack Reacher, uh, but Jack Reacher, if, if they weighed him and did his height, the guy, who, the actor who plays him would be obese by their standard because he's just such a big muscular guy. Uh, but his body fat percentage, I'll bet it's not 5% or, or if it is, it's right around five at most. He, he's just, well, but this is where, this is where the meaning of these words and I guess perhaps that's that's what what is at the root of my issue. The meaning the, the, these words have become meaningless. Obese to me, if we're going to use that word, is about an overabundance of body fat. Okay, Correct. to to the degree of it being unhealthy. Um, you can choose if you want to lose another ten pounds, but you absolutely have no need to do so. Um, and and there's nothing that your body weight is going to restrict you from participating in or anything of that nature. But obviously we've all seen people who are struggling with their body fat um, percentage and it does affect their ability to participate and, and engage in the activities that they might otherwise want to. Um, and of course that affects heart, that affects all kinds of different issues uh, in the, in the system. But when we have, Again, authority figures in health in the health industry throwing these words around uh, really irresponsibly. Irresponsibly, I think that it can have and it does have major negative effects for people who then become obsessive uh, or depressive. You know, either way. Well, God, if if this is still obese, there's. I mean, what else am I going to do? Screw it. Let me eat what I want to eat. <laughs> 
you know? Well, and, and that certainly one was, my, was not my reaction. I no. laughed. I, I literally laughed. I said, you think, you know, I, I remember the reading. I said, you think I'm obese now? You should have seen me a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, well, and I, it's, clearly it's, I, I am a, 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 a walking cow if compared to you, if, if, that's, the, if that's the standard <laughs> they're going to use. Um, but, you know, it's not just in... in, in and body condition. I mean, you know, the words like this get, I think, abused or, or misused to the point of irresponsibility all over the place. Another one that I we've talked about, I think, a little bit on this show is bullying. You know, anything from uh, what happens on the playground to the tone in which you speak to your child to this and that. At some point, somebody has used the word bullying to describe uh things that are not bullying and the problem with that is when it gets thrown around to such an extent and the word loses meaning then when we have a situation where there really is something serious that needs to be addressed eh, it's just you know kids kids will be kids boys will be boys whatever it gets thrown right. out and now we don't have the nomenclature to actually re recognize when something serious needs to be responded to um, telling your kid to go do his homework is not bullying. <laughs> if you don't do your homework, I will beat you with a stick, maybe is. I mean, there are differences, <laughs> if, if you mean it, at least. <laughs> I, I, I realize we're, we're pushing a little just to make it funny, but yeah. everything is bullying now. If, if I don't... Uh, I don't know. I, I struggle with the, and, and I struggle with these this throwing around. America does have a weight problem. We're, mm. we're, we are uh, we are a country that has uh, languished in our, our relative uh, prosperity. Mm. We eat lots of stuff that's not good for us. We, we indulge and eat a lot of carbohydrate. We, we eat a tremendous amount of carbohydrate. There was a uh, uh, what they call them coffee table book I saw where they took mm. pictures of people and all the food they ate in a year and we eat a lot of sugar in this oh, country yeah. not as much as our neighbors to the south who eat even more sugar than we do but we eat a lot of sugar in this country and when you see the bags that a family of four eats of sugar a year it, it, it had a tremendous impact on me and so yes yes we do have an ep obesity epidemic in this country i'm not we're not trying to say that we don't uh, the question becomes when do we start being real about it and and to, to to simply say okay you weigh this much your height is this much you're obese well that doesn't give the whole picture I mean, you're you're making that judgment based on a scale, and and you and I, with different uh, skeletal structures, with different body build mm -hmm. uh, builds, uh, uh, that's a that term uh, doesn't is it would suggest that that's not the way you have to measure this. You have to look at the person. You have to kind of doctors, our medical professionals should be looking at the person individually and saying, Charles, you could stand to lose. 30 pounds. I'll just throw a number out there. Yeah. Mike, you could stand to lose five more. And I'd like to see you get in the gym and do some lifting. And, and we have a sick care system in this, this country. We don't have a health care system. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would love to see our medical professionals start to, you know, you want a prescription? You need to, here's your prescription. What do you mean I need to walk three miles a day? <laughs> I'd love to see prescriptions like that. What do you mean I need to go out and get 
30 minutes of sunshine a day. Well, but let's talk about <laughs> it. There's no profit in that. Now, and, and even that statement is short-sighted because if you, much more profit can be gained by maintaining health than by battling illness. Uh, there's right. The amount of money we spend battling illness, like you say, sick care, as opposed to health care, maintaining health, pursuing care to continue a healthy lifestyle. Uh, but it doesn't have the, you know, whether we're talking about pharmaceuticals or surgeries or, uh, you know, any number of points of charging that come along in, in the course of our, uh, our healthcare life, uh, it's, it's, it's not glamorous to say, go for a walk once a day. Now, there are good doctors out there who will do that, um, but here's, here's the other end. We have been so trained uh, to only recognize the benefits of a pill or the idea that a quick fix, this pill, I mean, this new weight drug, I forget the name of it, but uh, it was developed to, to uh, combat diabetes, and uh, they noticed that a number of people on it uh, who had diabetes were also losing weight in the process of taking it. So they start doing a few more studies, and, uh, and all of a sudden they, realize, they decide, hey, this could actually be a great tool to help people who are dealing with, with uh, weight issues. And it's not FDA approved. It's not this, that, and the other, but somehow in certain circles it's, it's gotten out there on the market. And nobody's died from it yet that I know of, but it is the lazy approach to healthcare. Now, that's not to say that there are people who really could use the extra help, you know, depending on their situation, how far over the line they've gotten. Maybe this is a tool that in combination with other uh, approaches would be very uh, useful. But it scares me when it's when these solutions that are just take the pill don't have to worry about it. Keep eating the donuts. Have at it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the, the, the best approach, the best long-term I, I, and approach. I just, I just did a quick search here. Two of them that I'm finding. One is mm -hmm. called Ozempic. Ozempic. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And the other one is called, uh, it begins with a W, Wigovi. Wigovi. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's mimicking... Um, something that tells your body not to absorb any of the fat. So basically mm. the fat passes through your system. And, and and to your point, someone who's morbidly obese, who needs to lose weight as quickly as they can, should be given a script that says, I need you to start to walk as far as you can walk without hurting yourself. And I need you to take this pill and I need you to do this. You know, it should be a multi-tiered approach. We shouldn't just give you a pill and send you off on your merry way and say, Charles, go lose weight. We should give you a prescription on how to lose that weight healthy and along with it, your Under your a pill. degree of supervision. I mean, we're still dealing with the opioid crisis. We're still, we haven't gotten out from underneath that. We still have people addicted to painkillers that were legitimately prescribed initially, in, in, in many cases at least, maybe not all. Uh, and then, you know, long after the pain is gone, the addiction will still live on. And that's the thing that is driving people. I mean, God, we lost Prince. We've lost <laughs> countless people that aren't famous and a bunch that are. It's a huge issue. And now here we are with the next big miracle drug and we're ready to uh, just dive headfirst in. 
Um, well, and I will, I will, I don't know if our, our dear listeners know the history and viewers know the history, but heroin is actually a trade name for an opioid. Yeah. And heroin was uh, originally, when it first came out, was uh, advertised as being non addictive. Now we know better now, but but you know the medical uh, wasn't industry there, was we, it was it heroin? There was one I read recently that when it first came out hundred years ago, when some of these things started showing up in in a medical uh, capacity, give it to your kids; it'll help them sleep better at night. <laughs> you know, to, they, stuff we just like whoa. But of course, they didn't know any better at the time. Coke, of course, as in you know that uh, cocaine was actually an ingredient in Coca Cola. Most people Coca-Cola probably know it, that, but there it is. No, it, it's, <laughs> it is, it is. And, and you know, maybe, maybe, uh, the, the raw ingredient that, that is, uh, in cocaine, what it comes from, that may have been fine in small doses in a little Coca-Cola, sure. but once you refine it and you get the, get the, the drug out of there, it, it's no longer, uh, uh, good for you. I, I think, you know, caffeine, I'm drinking coffee right now. You know, I, I like yeah. my caffeine. I don't pop caffeine pills for a reason. <laughs> and, no. Uh, well, you know, and, and uh, all things in moderation, of course, but some things not at all. You know, I don't need to drop uh, angel dust. I, there's no moderation for, you know. No, no. And, and heroin is one of those things that you yeah. just don't touch. Uh, methamphetamine is just one of those things you don't touch. But but again, I think I think this the sick care system that we have uh, – I, 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 I'm really concerned. You know, I was listening to an immunologist talk about the, uh, he was doing a hindsight kind of mm-hmm. view of the, uh, the, the current, uh, help me out, COVID, the COVID crisis. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and he said that the, now with what we know, and, and he said, we didn't know then what we know now, but, it, but if we're going to do a quick look back, we should have isolated the at-risk population immediately isolated, which would have been the elderly and people with pre-existing conditions. And we should have given prescriptions to everybody else to go out in the sunshine and walk for an hour a day. (laughs) And that would have been the path to keeping the healthy people healthy and preventing these people who could have died or did die from COVID from getting sick. We we would have done a much better job. And we did the opposite. We, We told everybody to stay in the house. Don't leave. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. And we are still feeling the repercussions of that in our healthcare system where, you know, heart disease, uh, cancer screenings didn't happen because people couldn't go to the doctor. And we're seeing a repercussion. You know, the ripples of our actions are now now becoming waves. And I think we as individuals need to say, hey, I'm taking charge of me. And this comes, I'm, I'm bringing us all the way back around. You and I have talked about this multiple times. Running is fine. You need to be, you, it's probably for some of us, we need to run. Hey, bears still I, chase I me in the woods. So uh, being able to puff it is yeah. a good thing. <laughs> right. But but I think we need to throw our wind sprints in and we need to make sure we're lifting heavy things. Now, lifting heavy things doesn't have to be weights. You you do a lot of wood splitting. Mm-hmm. You're lifting heavy things all the time. Well, and this goes back <laughs> to this idea that these villages where people are living to be an active hundred years old, none of them are out there going to the gym. The, these are the activities of, of life and survival. And yes, I mean, a lot of people in, in every part of the world uh, worked and lived like that, even in this country uh, back in the 1800s and so forth. And, but, you know, there were other factors that engaged some of those difficulties. Um, but it's, 
it is absolutely important to be balanced in this idea, as you just alluded to, that, you know, part of the struggle that we deal with, especially in this country, though I have a feeling we're not overly unique, but maybe the worst example, is that we don't want to hear the roll up your sleeves and get some exercise, uh, you know, solution to our problems. We want a quick pill. We want a quick fix. And it is challenging, you know, for a lot of people work schedules, have kids at home, single parents, whatever, you know, how am I supposed to get that in? I'm not saying it's not, it's, it's not easy, but it's a combination. We don't need to be fed these things, this mis uh, diagnosis of obesity and other really irresponsible throwing around of, of scary terms. Uh, that, that doesn't help us from above, but we're also not helping ourselves when we are constantly just looking for the quick fix as well and taking that personal responsibility um, to step up. And again, this, this conversation was not to pat me on the back for going to the gym today, but no, I just, no. it, it, it put in the forefront of my mind as I'm trying to take responsibility going forward. I, you know, it's funny. One of the, the ladies at the front desk, when I walked in there, she said, you know, what, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? And I, I do have some specific things that, that I'm trying to get to, but I said, you know, middle age has uh, crept up on me and I'm trying to get a grip on it before it gets a grip on me. And that's, that's really kind of the, the image, you know, if, if you don't get on top of this, you wake up one day and, uh, it's, it's just not working anymore. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I, you and I started this journey. We, we had some long discussions about how we were going to get healthy, um, Mm -hmm. And used to have competitions, by the way. Uh, and uh, I realized that That's wasn't true. working for you. So <laughs> so I, I, I took different tacks. But, you know, I, I think that I kind of set my own goals. I want to be able to run a 5K whenever I feel like it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike, there's a 5K this weekend. Are you interested? I want to be able to say, yeah, I can go run that. I'm not quite there yet. I'm pretty close. I, I want to be able to lift heavy things uh, around the house, which I, I do, but I want to be able to do it even better. And I want to have a good quality of life where when this little guy wants to go out and play catch or, or run around the yard, I can run around with him like a maniac and have a grand old time doing it. So that's kind of my, my goals. For as long as possible. And, uh, you know, I think, I think your point is, is really the poignant one, which is to say, you know, whatever life may throw at you as an opportunity, a challenge, or a necessity, I want to make sure I'm in a position to, uh, to be able to, to, to engage with it. And you right, know, whether, it's, right. whether it's for joy or for survival, I don't want to find myself being the one uh, at the back of the row when the bear is coming down at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have to run faster than the bear. I have to run faster than you. <laughs> By the way, so. just for fun, did you see the what was it? The National Forest Association or one of them uh, actually put out officially on their website? While you may think the relationship is over, it's still not okay to throw your friend down when the bear <laughs> is coming. <laughs> Look it up. It's actually on their site. It's for real. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to hook for it so I can link it to the show. But uh, yeah, I I think, um, you know, and and by the way, I'm just a guy trying to to live my best life. And I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a medical professional. 
I'm not a physical fitness instructor. I don't have any background in any of this stuff mm -hmm. other than a guy who's done a lot of research and tried to figure out what's best for him. And I've been through lots of diets in my life and lots of lifestyles. I've adopted one I think works for me. Doesn't mean it would work for you. Mm -hmm. It works for me. And I'm just trying to do my own thing. And I think the message I want to send, and I think you would agree with, is you are in charge of your health care. You need to make sure you're living your best life. And yes, you should consult doctors and listen to their advice and you you should do all that stuff. But in the end, it's you that's in charge of you. Yeah. And so go go live a healthy life and, and enjoy your grandkids and your great grandkids and do the best you can to prepare for that future. I do not want to be, and I see these people and it breaks my heart. I don't want to be that guy. It takes 10 minutes for me to sit down or to stand up from my chair on the front porch. I want to be like our, our, our family member, Lewis, and I want to go jumping up those super steep stairs he had in his home. Uh, <laughs> like well, it's not look, a big it's, deal. Again, things will happen. You know, disease comes in. There are, there are things that will happen that are beyond your control. And you do have to be, to some degree, willing to keep a healthy mindset about that. But within the, the boundaries of what you can do, I think it's just very important, and it's not always going to be fun. Find ways to make it as fun as possible. Work, do, work out with your friends. Get out there and you know maybe get rid of the riding mower. Maybe get back into walking. It's it's a great way to get your steps in. You know, uh, <laughs> I laugh as at some people I've seen with postage stamp yards. I mean, yards not much bigger than our kitchen, and uh, and we don't live in mansions to be clear. And uh, and they still have a rider mower, and I'm thinking, what are you, like, you don't even have enough room to yeah. turn around. What are you doing? Um, uh, at that point, you're wondering why they don't just have one of those real mowers that don't even yeah, have a motor on them because they're easy to mow with. Or uh, weed whacker. No, or something, it, it, but. It's, it's it's true. Or walking down to you know, I I knew a guy. Uh, he's a co he's an acquaintance, not a friend, but he was he was morbidly obese. He was 400 plus pounds, mm. and. Uh, I saw him later on and, and he was like 170 pounds. And I was like, mm. what'd you do? He said, I started by walking to the mailbox. And then Every journey begins with a beyond single the step. mailbox. Yep. And then, and, and he continued to walk just a little further, a little further, a little further. Now, eventually he did have to go get the surgery, but mm -hmm. his point was that, that he started with exercise. He started with, you know, just well, and even goals. the surgery, even the surgery, does no good if you don't shift your lifestyle. You can Absolutely. you can have your stomach tied. It doesn't matter if you're still putting down you know sugar and treats. Now, I think it's important. We we need to say this because uh, there will be a lot of people who who will take exception to this conversation that we're somehow uh, fat shaming or this that and the other. No, in no way is what we're talking about about that. It's it uh, that would never because it, I'm I try not to be a mean person, but it's there's no benefit and there's no value to that the point is you know every there there's every walk of body type and some people are going to be thicker some are going to be thinner some are going to be taller shorter and everything in between that has nothing to do with being healthy right and what you look like if 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 healthy for you is 290 pounds under whatever circumstances, if, if that is still a healthy space because of your particular uniqueness, awesome. But if you or I are 290 pounds for the wrong reasons, there's, that's unhealthy. 
And I think that's the key we're talking about here. Right. Um, it's not about fat for fat's sake or thin for thin sake. And by the way, I will go ahead and, and say this. Uh, as much as I loved my mother many to- uh, a great deal, uh, frequently she was of a generation where, you know, it was perfectly all right to have an attitude about other people's struggles. And one of her things that we did not like was that she would often say something about a person who was she considered to be heavily overweight. And I remember the day when I finally decided as an adult that I could speak up to this point. And I said, you know, Ma, I don't know when you last looked in the mirror. And, but while uh, no one could ever accuse you of being fat, being overly thin isn't exactly pretty either. You know, true story. If you've, true story. It, it's not, and and I mean that in a healthy sense, and not not a literal right. pretty sense. But if if you are too thin, that is a major problem too. And a lot of people struggle on both ends of the spectrum. Um, and you know, we we really have to to try and 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 find some middle ground when we take when we look at ourselves in the mirror. And if you're looking at if your weight, I don't care how big you are as an adult, if you're uh, barely over 105 pounds or something like this, unless you are some unique character, then you might need to speak to someone about that and be open to what what, uh, you know, a professional might have to tell you. Um, And if you're in the triple digits and uh, multiple triple digits and not looking like Arnold, then, you know. That's something that uh, might be to be addressed as well. And in the me- middle, the rest of us, you know, we'll continue to fight the good fight. But uh, there's no point <laughs> in joking. There's no point in joking and kidding yourself into seeing health where there where where there's actually disease. That's not a good way to go forward. No, this is this is about living your best life, not about shaming anybody and mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I, I always tell people I saw Gabriella Reese when she was the supermodel. Gabriella mm-hmm. Reese weighed a, 210 pounds and, and was stunning at that weight. She was also like six feet, one inches tall. And, you know, she was a, an athlete. She was a volley, pro volleyball yeah. player. Yeah. And, and so this is not about a number on a scale. This is about living your best life. And, and that's what we're talking about here. If I were 250 pounds. And I was at that uh, Arnold level. This would be a whole different discussion, mm-hmm. you know, about how 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 we measure muscle mass. But yeah, yeah. I, I I'm with you 100. percent So listen, I think we pretty much uh, angered everybody over this topic. <laughs> so maybe we ought to wrap it up. Well, hopefully, <laughs> maybe inspired a person or two. Um, I hope I, so. I hope so. So <laughs> for uh, my own part, I'm, I'm still uh, for my own part. I'll just say I'm I'm still excited to find out where I'm going to hurt tomorrow. <laughs> You, by the way, I, I think you should be inspired by those women who were in there oh, kicking I was. your butt. I, they were very kind, generous, and welcoming, and you know, came over and said, "Wow, I mean, you did great for your first. Is this your first day?" Blah blah blah. And I said, "I got it. Y'all are some impressive women." <laughs> so, so be inspired and go back. Uh, when's your next? I guess session? I should have said impressive people, but you know, I'm still working on myself, Will Smith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when's, your, when, when's your next visit there to the kickboxing uh, class? Probably, probably Monday, because uh, I don't think I want to go Saturday, and I'm definitely not going tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, on Monday, uh, I'll, I'll expect a full report, and uh, right. you know, it, it's it's I'm I'm thrilled that you're doing it, and um, 
I think Monday, by the way, is is my first set of uh, core core lifting exercises as well, and, okay. and so I'm going to get up at zero dark thirty and be in the gym down there, and right. um, it'll it'll be probably five degrees in there, but that's okay. <laughs> and not really, I'm being silly, uh, but it'll be cool because it's in the garage with the, which is not heated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm on that same path with you, and I, I did laugh when they said I was obese. I chuckled with you about it, but to your point. We need to be careful with the language we use. Yes, and so if, if you t- if you take anything from this discussion, uh, please be careful with the language you use and uh, and the language telling, you accept. Telling. The language you right. accept when you recognize True when someone story. else is misusing it too. So, my my with, buddy who lost a hundred pounds. When people would say that he, if someone came up to him and said you were obese. You don't know where he started, right? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he started it much heavier. He was 400 pounds. Now he's 300 mm-hmm. pounds. Is he still obese? Sure. But he's a whole lot less obese than he was before. We, we are <laughs> so, all on a journey. We are all on a journey. Um, so amen. there it is. So let's, let's, let's thank uh, our, our folks that we usually thank. Well, starting off with you, our faithful listeners, thank you, uh, as always, for taking the time and spending this time with us, whether you're watching us or listening to us, or the combination of both. It's great to have you, and uh, you inspire us to uh, to get together. We we record about twice a week on average, and uh, sometimes we have major heavy things we get into. That wasn't a pun, just to be clear. <laughs> and no, other no. times we uh, we uh, sort of wing it, you know, depending on what uh, inspiration uh, we came across in our morning, but. Uh, Hopefully, uh, we, we, we bring some value of thought and consideration to your day and uh, maybe a smile, too, it would, would make us happy, at least to know. But um, to our, our engineers and, and editors, Keith Sedroivy and Parker McNerney, uh, without whom, well, really, the, none of this would be possible. Uh, no. <laughs> because you don't have the time and I don't have the patience. Um, but, uh, again, on my journey, maybe I'll get there one of these days, by the way, uh, it's worth saying that, uh, I guested, guested, I was a guest. I, I think I guest. heard, yeah. Uh, on, uh, Parker's, uh, Flix capacitor, uh, a podcast. And I don't know if it's official, but it may be, uh, and I'm happy to take full credit for this, one of the highest uh, listened podcasts of their history. Uh, I think he he wrote me yesterday saying they have over 20,000 uh, wow. views, in the, and that's just in a week or something like that. And, and it doesn't bother me at all that almost all of them are calling me an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> because you didn't like the Batman movie. Because I said that uh, a certain actor in a certain role was the worst combination of that actor in that role ever. And boy, did the uh, the pitchforks and the, and the torches come you, out. You know, any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> so hey, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. I, uh, I spoke my truth, and uh, they certainly argued their truth, and it was actually a wonderful conversation. If you get a chance, uh, go to... It's Flix I-C-K-S, right? Flix Capacitor. Right, right. Flix uh, as in... Flicking someone off, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> <So anyway. laughs> but uh, if you get a chance, check that out. Uh, they do a wonderful uh, job. It was a great conversation, actually. We got into uh, a lot of good analysis of the film industry in general. Um, and while my statement about a certain particular actor was 
only a small portion of the other episode. Hey, if it got people listening, I'm glad to have done my part. <laughs> but, uh, well, the last, well, yeah, I, yeah. I, real quickly, you know, just to be offensive, one of my favorite actors in the whole world is Val Kilmer. He wasn't a very good Batman either. I'm just going to say it. Well, there <laughs> so, it is. There you go. There it is. Um, <laughs> The Lazarus Trio, Carl Groves, and uh, my esteemed colleague, Mike Koeniger, uh, writer, composer, performer, a uh, man of many talents, uh, brings our music in and out uh, with every episode, and uh, wonderful to, uh, to have that. And we're, we're in our second year, so we're on our second round of music, but I know we have a lot more to, to go through, so many years of, of good listening to come. And... Um, yeah, I, that that then just brings me to you, my friend. I I always appreciate you taking the time to dig into it with me. Well, I I appreciate you, and and I've said it before. You're the guy who comes up with the topics. Sometimes you tell me what we're talking about. Today you did not, so I had to wing it. And uh, this was not the conversation I was prepared for. It was a much heavier conversation, but gotcha. we'll get to that one soon. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, no, I and I appreciate you. I appreciate your your hard work on this. I appreciate your thoughtfulness, and and I always appreciate uh, your willingness to have civil discourse. And so. I, I thank you for that. And if folks want to tell us that we're wrong or we fat shamed them or, or anything else, how, how would they go about doing that? Well, you feel free to go to your uh, device, uh, desktop, laptop, uh, Apple, phone. iPad, yeah. phone, whatever it is. Smoke signals will do. Um, but uh, in general, civil discourse, TNSS at gmail.com. That's TNSS for this is not a safe space at gmail.com, civil discourse, TNSS, at gmail. And uh, send us your thoughts. Go to uh, your uh, podcasting space and give us a like. Give us five stars, ten stars, however many stars you want. hundred stars. Friends. Yeah, hey, I'll take it. Um, and even if, if uh, you didn't like and, and you think this is the, the worst pile of rubble you've come across, like us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us those five stars and then tell us everything we did wrong. And we will hear you. How... We will read it. We will listen to it. We will take it under advisement. Um, Absolutely. And with that, uh, join us again next time for uh, more civil discourse.